Hi, this is Natalie Hoffman of FlyingFreeNow.com, and you're listening to the Flying Free Podcast, a support resource for women of faith looking for hope and healing from hidden emotional and spiritual abuse. Welcome to episode 122 of the Flying Free Podcast. Today, we have a listener question that I think will resonate with many of you. Let's hear what her question is. Hi there. My name is Elizabeth, and I was just wondering if you agree with this idea of being able to stay in an abusive, emotionally abusive relationship if that's even possible. I know Leslie Vernick, I've listened to some of her stuff and she, I think her position is that uh, if you decide to go or stay, that's up to you. But if you decide to stay, stay well or stay healthy, so to speak. I have chosen to do that because for one, I am... um, Uh, I have a chronic illness, a vestibular issue, so it makes it difficult for me to be in my own. But um, I'm even considering to uh, get out because I I am wondering, is that even, can that really be true, that you can stay in a destructive marriage and you can stay healthy? Okay, so... Let's talk, we'll start by talking about what, what staying well actually means, because it might mean different things for different people, depending on your programming. For one person, staying well might mean just staying and surviving without falling apart emotionally, or maybe crying all the time. For another person, it might mean being able to stay without screaming or arguing or being involved in that constant battle. Both of those scenarios might require you to become someone that you're not. But for some people, that's a compromise that they're willing to make, and they will feel good about it and believe that they are staying well. Other people might say that's not staying well because you're not being healthy when you're doing that. Um, By the way, you know, this belief that you can, that you're staying well, as long as you just kind of don't rock the boat or whatever, it's going to be reinforced by your church by your family, your friends, and of course your abusive partner is even going to be all for that because they just all want the woman to stop rocking the boat and shut up already and be a nice, obedient Christian girl. So what does not, let's talk about what not staying well might mean. And again, not staying well is going to mean different things to different people depending on their programming. So some will think that it means staying, but you know, you're arguing and fighting for your rights, especially if up until now you haven't done that. So they would say, you know, covering up and placating is staying well and fighting for your rights is not staying well. And I just want you guys to notice how others might actually call placating and covering up not staying well. Do you see how this is totally subjective and open to personal interpretation? No wonder everybody's totally confused. So I just want to notice right from the very beginning here, the various interpretations of what staying well or not staying well means. I also want us to think about what we are staying well with and who should stay well and who should get the Sam heck out of there and who gets to decide. 
Again, it's all subjective and open to personal opinion. Some would say if your husband is hitting you, then it's not possible to stay well. Some would say that that you can stay well if your husband is covertly manipulating and controlling you, but if it's more overt, then it's not possible. And then people would argue too, even about where you draw those lines. Is it okay for him to lie? Should we draw the line at cursing a woman out? What about chronic porn use or even rape? Is it rape or is it just marital duty? Wow. It gets confusing pretty fast. And who do we listen to? You know, there are almost 8 billion, I had to look this up because I wasn't sure, but there are almost 8 billion people in the world right now. And that means that there are 8 billion different opinions on all of these things. So which one are you going to listen to? And how will you pick just the right one? Women are conditioned to look outside of themselves for answers. Yet God created each one of you with your own life, your own brain, your own past, your own experiences, your own set of gifts, your own personality. And yet somehow we think that we need to turn all of that good stuff over to the opinion of some other human on the planet who has none of those things. God didn't give you responsibility for anyone but you. And he didn't give anyone else responsibility for you. So if you don't shoulder that responsibility and you let someone else take it over, are you taking an active role in the life that God gave to you? If not, why not? Because someone told you they know better than you do about what's best for you? Because someone told you that they knew what God wanted for your life because God told them or something? God doesn't work that way. He's a little smarter than that. And regardless of what anyone tells you, nobody controls the voice of God or puts words into his mouth. The one who modeled how to do this really well, by the way, in the Bible, is the devil. Remember the devil in the garden? And when he tempted Jesus, he put words in God's mouth. He actually used God's words and then twisted them and made them into something that they weren't in order to control Adam and Eve and to control Jesus. So yeah, God doesn't do that because that's abusive. And God isn't like that. He's not an abuser. He gives people freedom and he offers his wisdom and his love. That's who God is. People who are aligned with God the Holy Spirit of God, they're going to show up in the world in the same ways that Jesus showed up in the world. You are going to know them by their fruit, the Bible says. People who aren't showing up that way are still lost. They're floundering in their own shame. And, you know, they're not going to show up like that on the outside with a big, you know, I've got shame plastered on their forehead. They're actually going to show up like they have all the answers and you don't, and that they're the gatekeepers of the truth, and they're the only ones who interpret the Bible correctly and all that. You can feel sorry for them, you can love them, but I don't recommend following in their footsteps unless you want to fall off a cliff. They can't see anything in front of them. They're stuck in their own programming. So in this world of 8 billion opinions, the only one that matters is the creators, you know, the one who made everybody. And if we lean into the truth that the Creator loves you, that He's for you, that He's giving you freedom to make mistakes, to grow, to learn, and to develop at your own pace, and that He has your back, then you can more easily let go of all the 8 billion folks who would love to tell you their take on your life. 
They would all love to tell you if you should stay well or leave well, and they'll even give you 8 billion ideas on what those two things even mean for you in your personal life. You guys, I'm one of those 8 billion people. So while I can give you ideas and support, I can't tell you what to do. I don't know what's best for you in your particular situation. I don't know the timing, the nuances, the layers and layers of issues that you are dealing with in your particular circumstances. I haven't got a clue. I can tell you what helped me. I can tell you what I've learned from working closely with thousands of women now in my programs and online for several years. But you are an individual with your very own precious story. And you get to use all of the amazing freedom and hard-earned wisdom and experience to make your own decisions for your own life. I just get to watch you, love you, and support you in all of that. That's what we do as Christians. That's what we do for each other. There are no bossy pants in heaven, folks. That means all the bossy pants on earth right now are going to figure it out in the afterlife That's what I'm banking on anyway. Lord, have mercy on all of us if the bossy pants get to stay that way forever. Okay, let's get back to the original question. Is it possible to stay well and be healthy in a destructive relationship? And my answer to that is if you say it is, then it is. And if if you say it's not healthy for you, then it's not healthy for you. I'm going to tell you a little bit about my own experience here. I don't talk that much about it, but... I did try to stay well. Leslie Vernick coached me for a year back when I was still with my ex-husband in 2013. I had been married for 21 years at that point, and we had nine children. My youngest was one years old. Leslie's book, The Emotionally Destructive Marriage, had just been released, and I read it and decided that I was going to get some coaching and I was going to stay well. And she coached me on how to do that. But she also helped me see how I thought that staying well meant being quiet and not rocking the boat. How I couldn't show up in the relationship as myself without paying the consequences. She encouraged me to start showing up, to start just being me and to be okay with who I was, to be okay with myself and all, you know, and all of my foilables too, not just the good side of me, but the bad side of me as well. Well, the more I showed up in my relationship, the nastier my husband got. He did not like the new real me. And uh, subsequently, a year later, I did ask him to move out so that we could get some space and I could clear my head. Still, at that point, I was hoping that we would be able to make this work. Um, he did leave my our home with some pressure from friends of ours at church. The intention was, like I said, that with a separation, we could figure things out and then we'd get back together again. Well, almost two years later, after nothing changed, I realized it's <laughs> it, nothing's going to change. And I did file for divorce and the rest is history. I had to decide for me if I could stay well and if I could be healthy and grow and continue to develop For me, that meant I wanted to be able to feel like a sane, whole person. And when I was with him, dealing with all of the crazy making, I felt discombobulated. I felt like I was breathing poison and it was slowly killing me. This is death by a thousand cuts, okay? I could stay 
until I succumbed, but that didn't really seem like a good choice at that point, especially since my parenting was suffering because I was constantly emotionally recovering from one subtle attack after another. I was shadow boxing and you guys, I was exhausted. To me, that wasn't staying well. That was just trying to survive the next 24 hours. Here's the thing that we could be tempted to say because of our programming. I couldn't stay well. I failed at being able to stay well. And then we could just beat ourselves up about that. That's just a big old lie. That's like saying, I just couldn't stay in the burning building very well. I failed at it. If only I was a better person, I could have stayed and survived the smoke and the fire. But gosh darn it, my skin started to peel off. Total fail. No, if you don't want your skin to peel off, you get to leave if you want to. Is this content resonating with you? I've written a book for women of faith and destructive relationships called Is It Me? Making Sense of Your Confusing Marriage, a Christian woman's guide to hidden emotional and spiritual abuse. You can read reviews and find out more about my book on Amazon.com. It comes in paperback, Kindle, and Audible formats. And new for 2020, I've created a companion workbook for Is It Me? also available on Amazon. This workbook is like 11 power-packed therapy sessions to help you process through the important material you'll be learning from my book. These books are recommended by counselors and therapists all over the United States. I've also got a website specifically focused on helping women of faith find hope and healing. It's called flyingfreenow.com. I'll even give you the first chapter of my book and the first chapter of my companion workbook for free when you hop on my mailing list at the top of my website. Those two resources are going to help you figure out if your relationship is normal or destructive. And now let's get back to our episode. What about those of you who aren't sure and you want to try to stay well and see if you can do it? I totally support you in that decision. I don't know. You might be able to do it. I do know one person personally who is staying well and she has made it work, but her circumstances are different from mine. Her husband is different from mine and she is different from me. So you're not a failure and someone else is not a success just because you leave and they stay and vice versa. Man, do you see how judgy even survivors can be? Goodness, we've got to give one another a freaking break already. This isn't easy, not for any of us. One thing I love about the women in my programs is they are so supportive and non-judgy of each other. We really make concerted efforts to foster that in our program because it sets people free. It helps them to feel safe and beloved no matter what they choose or when. Now, I'm going to give you my idea of what staying well might look like. It's just one idea. Like I said, there are 8 billion other ones out there, so you can take mine for what it is. One in 8 billion. So in my mind, staying well or leaving well or doing anything well would involve me as a person being exactly who God made me to be. Like authentic, 100%. It would mean me feeling safe within myself, even if others on the outside didn't like it. I would always have my own back. I would always own my own mistakes. I make them all the time. I would apologize quickly when I hurt someone and also not take on the management of their emotions. I would always tell the truth, 
stand up for justice and try to love God, myself, and others in that order, knowing that love always wins in the end. I would have healthy boundaries and gently let others know when they cross them. And then I'd be okay if they got mad and stomped off because that's their model and their life. It's not my business. But I would still love them from a distance because, again, love always wins in the end and it feels better than hate. It would mean taking responsibility for my own thoughts, my own programming that was instilled in me from childhood, even if it came from other people, it's now mine and I'm responsible for either dealing with it or, you know, keeping it or changing it if I want to taking responsibility for my own emotions that I deeply feel because of my own thoughts about things happening in my life. It would mean taking ownership of my choices and my behavior and allowing everyone else to do the same for theirs. And then it would mean taking responsibility for the results I'm creating in my own life because of my beliefs and my choices. It would mean no longer giving myself, my life, and my power away to others, but rather taking it all back and owning it for myself the way God intended when he purposefully created and gave me my own life. I call this living well. It keeps me in alignment with my core values and my creator, and it keeps me centered and out of reach from all the control freaks in the world who want to run my life for me. So did I leave well? I wanted to. I tried. My leaving process was four and a half years total, one year of in-home separation, almost two years of living separate, and then almost two more years going through exactly the kind of divorce you go through with an abuser. But as Taylor Swift sings in her more recent song, Ricochet, I didn't have it in myself to go with grace. And so the battleships will sink beneath the waves. You had to kill me, but it killed you just the same. Cursing my name, wishing I stayed. Look at how my tears ricochet. And another song that perfectly described how I felt during that whole devastating process was the song Say Something by A Great Big World. Say something. I'm giving up on you. I'll be the one if you want me to. Anywhere I would have followed you. Say something. I'm giving up on you. And I'm feeling so small. It was over my head. I know nothing at all. And I will stumble and fall. I'm still learning to love, just starting to crawl. And then it repeats the chorus. And I will swallow my pride. You're the one that I loved. And I'm saying goodbye. You guys, I loved my ex-husband fiercely. And I fought for 21 years to make that marriage work. But the time came when I had to love a woman named Natalie. And nobody at that point loved her fiercely at all. Nobody had her back. So fighting for her in the end became my battle cry. And yeah, it was messy. For a while uh, there, I was fighting for her and for my ex. And that was really messy. I had to eventually let go of him. I had to say goodbye. I lost everything. I lost my church home. I lost my reputation, my church friends, my family, one of my kids, my security, my hope of having a loving, supportive family into my old age. I lost it all. 
but I knew I had God. I knew he was with me no matter what. And that is what faith is all about. Letting go of all the beliefs and clinging to one thing, faith in God's love. And God has something on the other side that I never dreamed possible. He had this beautiful, safe partner. I'm remarried to Tom. A beautiful, safe home environment. Meaningful work for me to do with the rest of my life here on earth. So it was all worth it. Now, I couldn't see any of that on the dark side. I had to take those steps into that raging river and begin to swim to the other side with my body flipping all over the place until eventually my feet finally touched the bank on the other side. And I was able to climb out and walk into fields of grace. So whether you stay or you leave, my hope for you is that you will do it with love and compassion for the woman who has your name. She needs you. Will you have her back? Will you promise to take care of her no matter what? Are you committed to her well-being? Your future self will look back and thank you. If you want more help growing into this work, consider joining one of my programs. Flying Free is for women of faith in destructive relationships, and Flying Higher is for divorced Christian women who are out of their relationships and rebuilding their lives. You can visit joinflyingfree.com to learn more about Flying Free or joinflyinghigher.com for more information about that program. And finally, would you be willing to take two minutes right now and Google the words Flying Free Podcast Apple? And Google will take you to the page where you can leave a rating and review of this podcast. Your two minutes of time will encourage everyone on the team who produces this podcast and It will tell Apple Podcasts that Flying Free is valuable enough to recommend to visitors who are looking for something good to listen to. Your two minutes of time will make a difference for someone just like you. You may never know who it is, but I guarantee it will have an impact. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, fly free.